Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. show we have Kiara from Queensland, Australia. She tells her story of first having an induction with her twins in hospital to a birth center in hospital with her next. Kiara then describes the impact a miscarriage of a second set of twins had on herself and her family that ultimately led her to free birthing her last baby, Percy. Kiara shares how her faith both tested her and carried her through to having the strength and trust to birth Percy at home with just her family. I planned on having um, a water birth, so at the hospital but in the birth centre. I didn't really explore any other options. I just don't think I was ready for that. Um, I was still, I don't know, just new to embracing the whole experience, I guess. Um, Even after having a fairly, like, being confident in what I did the first time, I think part of me... I don't know, because I had the epidural, because I was induced, I I didn't know what it was going to be like mm-hmm. to do it naturally. Um, so I still had a lot of concerns um, and just didn't know how I was going to go. I didn't have complete confidence. Um, but I was going to try and stay home as long as I could and just really listen to myself this time. Um, so, yeah, I it was the day before his due date, um, which is funny because that seems to happen a lot um day before his due date and I the night before I was like I want to have this baby now I have my family over and they prayed for me and they were like yep this is good good timing I was praying that it would be a great positive experience so I went to bed at about one o'clock and then I for some reason the whole pregnancy I knew that my waters were going to break first I just had that feeling and, yep, 3 o'clock, woke up and I felt a break and a gush and I was like, okay, well, I was right about that. Um, Yeah, so I just let my midwife know and she's like, okay, cool, just, you know, keep me updated or whatever. So I went back to bed um, in the morning, you know, I was just having like, I guess, I didn't really feel anything. Um, I went into the clinic at 11 o'clock and they monitored me for a while and like, oh, you're having contractions. I couldn't even tell, like, they were so light. Um, So I went back home and, yeah, I just, they they told me, you know, you've got a window because your waters have broken. You've got that 18, 19-hour window until we're going to make things happen. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want that to happen. So I went home determined that. You know, this was how it was going to be. Went home, you know, still had the twins there. My mother-in-law came and picked them up. And then I had my mum come over. So I had my husband and my mum there. And um, it's funny because it seems that I just get, like I send my husband on, like I send him out or I tell him to go do something. And I kept him busy like all day. I like sent him out and I wanted him to buy all this stuff for me. 
So he wasn't really around for like when I was laboring. Um, and it wasn't long, like it felt like a long time because my waters broke first. Um, so that was kind of a long time waiting for labor to start because I hadn't had any contractions before that day. Um, but you know, I was very irritable for about a week. So I was definitely in pre-labor for Mm -hmm. a week before that. Um, yeah, so it got to six o'clock. Um, and things had been really good and I had actually spent probably about two hours alone. Like I sent my mum away and I sent my husband away and I was just in the lounge room and I had worship music on and I was just every, every wave I had, I would just say thank you. And I was just, it was amazing. Like I had this beautiful spiritual experience. I just felt like it was me and God and he was just speaking to me and it was like, Every time, like, I was having to just breathe through, through the pain, it was – I just knew what to do. Like, I would stand up or I would sit down. I would walk around. I would lean. I would – it would just – it was like I was dancing. It was just really beautiful and it was just so peaceful and it was so intimate. Um, and then my mum came home and it kind of stopped. Like, it slowed down all of a sudden. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm just, you know – I thought things were like happening by now and all of a sudden it slowed down. She's like, that's it. I'm calling your father and we're going to pray. So she got on the phone and as soon as, like, as soon as he picked up the phone, I had the biggest contraction <laughs> and it lasted like two minutes and I was on the toilet too. And it was so intense. And I was like, okay, thanks guys. Thanks. That, that has definitely helped. <laughs> um, so yeah, I stayed home. Like it was probably another half an hour and I was, I was probably ready. Like, let's be honest. I was ready, but I had to commute to the hospital. So I had everything ready and I kept trying to stand up just to get in the car to go. And it was just too painful. I'd like get up like, okay, I'm ready now. And then I'd have, um, another contraction. So it was a bit of an effort just trying to get into the car. And then the car trip was horrible. Oh yeah. It was just the worst. Um, anyway, I called my midwife and I was like, okay, it's happening. I'm coming in. And I had been so clear to her, like, I'm only going to come in at last minute and it's probably going to be quick. I know that. Um, so, you know, when I say I'm coming, I'm coming and that means it's happening. Mm -hmm. But it was like, she had actually been at the hospital since five o'clock that morning. So she should have been going home and I should have had my backup midwife, but she was determined to be there. And I had, I called her and I was like, okay, I'm coming in. She's like, oh, I just left. I was like, okay, assuming that she would just call someone else and, you know, get her replacement. But she didn't. And uh, I get to the hospital and they're like, oh, she's not here. You have to go sit in the waiting room. And I was like, I could have a baby right here. Like I thought I was going to have a baby in the car park. I didn't know what was happening. I've been trying to hold on kind of thing. Um, so I'm sitting in the waiting room and – it was so hard and thankfully I was only in there for about five minutes and she rocked up. She's eating a dinner. And she's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so oh my okay. God. she's like, oh, yep, you're fully dilated. Great. Oh, my she gosh. Kind of just, she kind of just went into the corner and started doing paperwork. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, um, I, w- what do I do? Like, you know, so I hopped in the shower and I'm so glad I invited my mom because I originally hadn't even planned on having her. But, you know, before we went to the hospital, I was like, you want to come? she's like, I'd love to come. Great, come. Um, so it was just a um, spur of the moment decision. And I'm so glad she came because 
Callum was with me. He was, you know, helping me through that point. Um, and mum was like, okay, um, should we be filling up the pool, like the birth pool? And she's like, oh, yeah, we should probably do that. Because my mum's like, she's ready. Like, she's almost in transition. Like, you know, I've done this before. Um, you know, why aren't you being more prepared um, to my midwife? So, yeah, she was the one who initiated filling up the birth pool and my husband yeah they were trying to figure out like oh can we just do this kind of thing but I don't even know what planet my midwife was really on at that point it was like oh yeah just go do your thing even though I'd never been in this room before I never had a water birth before I'd never gone into labor naturally before so it was a new experience for me right Um, whereas for her she's thinking like oh you've already had a vaginal birth yeah you know just go do it you know how it works but I did not feel that totally. Um, so yeah, I was in the shower for a while, but then, um, the pool was only half full and I hopped in and, um, like she stopped the water and I'm quite, I'm a really tall person. So there wasn't really enough water in there, um, for, to be like comfortable. Like it was up to like my waist and that was it but I was like sitting on the floor of the birth pool and there was like a seat in there and everything. It didn't even get up to the seat. So there wasn't a lot of water in there. And yeah, so I hopped in and it was getting really intense. Um, and I remember thinking, wow, this is so much easier. Like I had, you know, maybe five really, really hard contractions to kind of breathe through. But compared to the induction with the Pitocin, it was like a walk in the park. Yeah. It was just, it was, it made sense to me and it was more intense. Like the delivery was way more intense, but like the whole experience was just worlds apart. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, like my husband, he didn't hop in. He like stood behind me and, you know, was talking to me and everything. Um, but I started, you know, I was in transition. So I started getting really flighty and, you know, freaking out, which shocked me because I'd never experienced that before. And I, you know, my midwife ran over. She actually realized at that point I'm in the pool, like starting to really bear down and make noise. And she ran over like, oh, you're actually going to have this baby now, even though it was pretty obvious to me and everyone else that that was what was happening. And she finally caught up. Anyway, I was sitting and then I went to get up on my knees and she just screamed at me to stop because she she's like, you can't get out of the water, which I wasn't. I was just going to kneel. And at that point, at that point, I was just so shocked. Like, don't yell at me. Like, it felt like I was doing the wrong thing and I wow. was just ready to do that. And then she's screaming at me. So that was that really affected me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I had to sit back. And because she hadn't put enough water in the bath, my husband actually had to, like, hold me up. <laughs> so And then she's like, oh, yes, and you're catching the baby, which we hadn't even talked about. I don't know. Like, I'd had people just tell me when to breathe, where to sit, when to push, what to do with the twins. And then all of a sudden it was a free-for-all this mm-hmm. time. And I was just, like, not mentally prepared to just take control. Um, but, yeah. Um, he was again, like really simple. He was bigger, like the girls were five pound each and he was seven pounds. So, and he had a much bigger head. 
Um, so that was a lot more painful, but it was just so simple and easy um, in comparison. And it was really lovely, but like, you know, two pushes, he was born, I had him on my chest and um, yeah, we probably like sat in the bath for about half an hour. Um, my The placenta hadn't come yet, but it was cold. Like we were sitting in this almost cold water at that point and my midwife was still busy just doing all this other stuff. Like she was yelling at my mum to video it and I didn't want any photos and I didn't want it videoed. And she said to my mum, if you don't video this, I will. What? And then she went out she went out in the hallway and invited people to come in and watch me. Wow. Because I was doing so well and it's such a textbook. Kind no of wonder thing. you what chose is, no wonder you chose free yeah. birth. <laughs> yeah, it's like come in and I'm like I was just there like trying to do my thing and she's just running around telling all these people about it and like as soon as he was born she disappeared. I don't even know where she went. I'm pretty sure she'd taken my mom's iPad and was showing people photos and the video. Because she was so stoked. And she's wow. like, Kiara, this was the most beautiful birth I've ever been at. And I take that. Like, great. Thank you. That's wonderful. But seriously. You're like, like literally, you were the only part I would change. Yeah. I'm like, I'm paying you so much money right now to just be here and just do your job. And just right now, messing it up. I don't even know. So, uh-huh. oh, it was hard. And like, yeah, I just, I didn't know any better. It was great. Like, I, I would you know, talk about it afterwards and I would go like, I shouldn't really be negative because everything went so well. Right. Like people would go, Oh, but you got what you wanted, you know, don't look at it that. And I just feel like, but it wasn't, it just didn't feel right to me. You know, it, Mm -hmm. it made me feel uncomfortable and I still didn't have that amazing experience. Like it was amazing at home. And the second that I had to leave, everything got hard. Um, and everything was like having to, worry about someone else and what they were doing um yeah so I just I actually after that I was so nervous to ever have children again like I don't want to go into that I don't want to have to do appointments I don't want to have to do all that like it just stresses me out and I hate it so you know I just put it in the back of my mind um but I fell pregnant another two years later um, pretty much on the dot, two years. Um, and this time I just wanted to stay away from a hospital. Yeah. Um, so when so, you, so when you were kind of processing Theo's birth, was it, I'm probably done having kids? I think like, no, I look back and I think, oh my gosh, I was in such a different place because at that point, like we didn't know how many kids we were going to have. And, you know, we don't like setting things in stone. Like I know that I don't know what's best for me sometimes and Mm -hmm. I'd always pray about it and really believe that God would guide me in those decisions. Um, And yeah, after him, I can't, I just couldn't even imagine having any more after that point. And I was like, you know, is our family complete? What's happening? Like I'm only, I'm only 22 Mm -hmm. at this point. Like that's, that's a very definite and early stage to be just deciding we're not having any more, but you know, that was a really big transition in my life, having a third child, because the twins, they were really simple, easy babies. And two, I kind of felt like two was pretty easy, honestly. Like even having twins, that's what I knew. I grew into that mm-hmm. quite simply, but three was a really big change for me. Um, and he, he's just this 
ball of energy and he was like that from the very beginning um and then that as well as having two toddlers so it was intense and I think that kind of just put me in a place where I didn't really want to think about having any more um so then you become pregnant again and your first thought is not going back to the hospital yep um and I was I just didn't know what I wanted but this was actually my yeah my third pregnancy but I actually miscarried this one um but it actually was the experience that cemented what I wanted. So I, it was, it's a really traumatic time. Like I fell pregnant. I found out I was pregnant the same day that we actually got a notice that we had to vacate our home. Whoa. So it was like a really, really stressful time, but it was a like, it was such a blessing and we were so excited, but we moved in with my in-laws and, um, two months later, I started bleeding. So I'd had this really stressful time and I just, the whole time I felt really protective. Like I didn't feel like anything was wrong, but I just had this real like urgency, um, to just be praying protection and, um, yeah, like just to stay away from the hospital. And like, I just, it was like, I was just guarding something. I don't know. So, yeah, one afternoon I started bleeding. I'd had a really stressful day. We had just a horrible experience those those first two months of leaving the house. It was There was a lot of bad things that had happened and the kids weren't coping well. And it was just like a lot of bad things in a really short amount of time. And ultimately I really feel like that's what did it, that yeah. the stress. I just couldn't handle it anymore. But, yeah, I... I went into the hospital at nine o'clock that night because I was like, I just want to know what's happening. And I haven't had a, I haven't even had anyone check me. Like I know I'm pregnant, but I don't really know how far, like I thought I was 11 weeks at that point. And I I was, Um, but yeah, I went in and they were like, okay, they took me in pretty quick through the emergency room. Um, But they were, they were really like, Oh, it's fine. There's nothing happening. We'll just check. Like, clearly trying to be positive and, you know, make sure I wouldn't freak out or anything. Um, but I ended up getting an ultrasound oh, a few hours later and I've had a lot of ultrasounds. So I knew what I was looking for and I could tell that there was no heartbeat and no, no blood circulation. And it was at that point I realized it was two. So we we're having twins again. Oh my gosh. And, but there was like, no communication you know sitting there with the um ultrasound tech and she would just she just looked she did her measurements she did all that and was like oh you're measuring it six weeks and I was like well okay like but there but there wasn't heartbeats no okay um so and that was really obvious to me because I knew what to look for and but she didn't say anything to me she just said nothing and then looked at me and said okay well you have options and I was like, you haven't even told me. You haven't even looked me in the face right now and told me what you have found and what you haven't found. So it was like, like, it was, it was really strange. And like, I went back into the other room after that and they're like, oh, so how, how is it? Like you found a heartbeat and everything. I was like, no. She's like, oh no, surely like, like, you know, there would have been. And then the lady who I had been speaking to, she went back and she spoke to them and got like the report. She's like, oh, okay. And came and sat down and was like, okay, well, how about you come back in a week? You know, we'll see how things have gone. And, um, 
you know, we can do this little procedure. If you haven't eaten, um, it can be just done in 20 minutes. And what, like, like a DNC? Yeah. Um, but she barely explained it to me. And I was just, thankfully, I was cluey enough to be like, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I know that you're actually being really vague with me right now. And that makes me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to make it seem like it wasn't a big deal and like they were obviously being very sensitive, but at the same time, but like weird. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, okay, right. So they like had booked me for an appointment for a week and I went home and I was like, they didn't even tell me like that there was no heartbeat or anything like that. Wow. Um, they didn't say anything at all. Like I could have, if I didn't know any better, I could have left there just thinking everything's fine. You know, um, if I didn't know any better, wow. um, cause all the tech said to me is, oh, they're me- like measuring six weeks. Um, and I could tell cause I was like, okay, way too tiny. Um, so yeah, the next day I had the miscarriage. Like I actually felt I needed to go home to my family and we sat and we prayed together And I was just sitting in the lounge room and I felt this sensation and I went to the bathroom and like there the baby was like, cause one was bigger and the other was little. Mm. And that was such a blessing to me that I actually got to see and I got to Mm -hmm. know. And so I wrapped, you know, these babies up and I went to my husband and I told him. So both came out. Yeah. Well, it was, I could tell, like, there was still so little because it was only, like, yeah. five, six weeks. So, um, but by the looks of it, to me, one just hadn't formed. Like, I had two, I had two. Um, sacks. Yeah, sacks. But there was only, like, one visible mm-hmm. baby kind of thing. So, yeah, I went to my husband and I, you know, broke that to him and. Um, but we, we went outside and there's a big tree in the backyard and we dug a little grave and we buried them. And, um, my, my daughters, they were really wanting me at that point. They came up to me like, mommy, mommy, we want to cuddle and everything. Cause it's quite late at night. And I was like, listen, and I sat down and I explained to them what had happened. It's like the babies have died and they were just beside themselves. Like, especially as. You know, they were like three and a half at this point. Um, but my, one of my daughters, she was, she had a lot of questions to ask. And my other daughter, like I took them out the back with us to kind of just say goodbye mm-hmm. and to bury them. And my daughter, she just said to me, are we, are we burying the babies so that they can keep growing? It was so beautiful. Um, but yeah, it, that was, yeah, it was like such an intimate important time for me um to actually be able to say goodbye and have a safe place to to process that and to grieve and um versus so up- the the alternative if you hadn't have had that you would have just rolled in and had a dnc without even really being explained what the heck was going what was, on what happened to me exactly um so yeah and Um, so he stayed with my parents and we just had a week to just stop and just grieve and process that. But the whole time, like as soon as I was booked in for exactly seven days after, and I got a phone call, which I didn't answer. I was like, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to the hospital. They can just forget about me, whatever. 
they followed up twice a day for about a week. Wow. And I didn't answer any phone calls because I did not want to speak to them. But they kept calling me. And the last phone call, I got a message and she was like, we have tried to call you. And she just like the tone in her voice and the way she was speaking to me, I was just appalled. Mm -hmm. It was like I was really inconveniencing them and I was – yeah, like, like, like they're no, entitled like to trouble. access you. Yeah, and I was like, this is abusive. Like, you can't treat me like this. I have the freedom to choose mm-hmm. what to do, and here you are, like, just almost abusing me. Um, so, yeah, that really cemented my desire to just stay away from the hospital. That was That was the last thing that just put me in a place where I don't want to do that again. I don't even want to walk in there again. Um, But, you know, at that point, I didn't even think about having another baby. Like, I was very overwhelmed. But two months later, I was like, I'm pregnant. And, yep, checked. I was pregnant. I didn't actually – I didn't even have a positive pregnancy test at that point because I was so early. Um, But, yeah, I I took a pregnancy test and – it wasn't it wasn't positive, and then I felt like I prayed about it, and then I felt like I needed to take one a week later. So I did exactly that. I, a week later, I took another one, and it was positive. Um, so I knew about where I was at, um, and, you know, there was a lot of processing that, like, yes, I am pregnant again, and, like, there was a lot of fear around that. And I said to my husband, I just – I don't want to go to the hospital, and I don't want the same midwife. If I have a midwife, it has to be someone who is on the same page as me. So we just left it. We just didn't pursue any care. Um, I didn't go, I actually, no, I didn't go to a doctor um, because I'd had terrible experiences with GPs as well. Um, So we, yeah, just kind of left it. And then um, Callum, he kept asking me like, what do you want to do? Um, and I said, how about we, how about we go talk to a midwife, see if we can get someone different and we'll just start looking at options. So this was about. And had you, had you heard the term free birth? Like was unassisted pregnancy and birth even on the table in your brain? No, not at all. Like I, I had no idea. I didn't know people did that. I don't have that many friends who have babies. I, I'm not in that kind of circle where it's talked about mm-hmm. a lot or like I just nothing. And, and honestly, all the people I'm usually around, they're rather conservative. So, um, or I have a lot of, like I have a lot of nurses around me and so that's the normal. And I, yeah, I had no idea that free birth was a thing. Um, and it was actually my husband from, really early on he just said we'll do it ourselves Kiara I was like (laughs) you don't do that like what what even and he just kept saying to me like you can do it like your body's meant to do it we've done it before just let's just do it ourselves and I just didn't take it I was Mm -hmm. like no like that's I'm not ready for that um so I booked a consultation with a midwife um same clinic and I said to them, I would like another midwife this time, please. And they're like, okay, that's fine. So I went in to have my consultation and they're like, oh, she'll be with you in a moment. And it was my same midwife. Hmm. 
last two times. And I was like, Blessing in disguise, honestly. I was like, I just know that this is going to be awkward because she knows. She's like, oh, so they said that you wanted a different person this time? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so awkward. <sighs> so awkward. Um, so she booked me in for my um, all my dating scan as well as my um, mytholo- mythology scan. Um, so, yeah, they did my – like they, they did my consultation and they're like, okay, you call us back and, and we'll get you set up and everything. Anyway, so a week later when it had my ultrasound. And um, it was really interesting because during my last pregnancy, I really believe like I had seen this baby. Um, like I, Callum got this name. He got the name Percy and I saw this little boy and we fully believed that we were having a little boy named Percy. And then I had the miscarriage and I was so confused. I was like, I, I saw this child. We felt so sure that this child was going to be a part of our family. Um, and we were so confused because then I had a miscarriage and we found out we we're having twins and it was, yeah, really confusing to me. So this time, like falling pregnant again so quickly, we're like, well, is this this child? Like, you know, we had a lot of questions. So it was, it was positive for us to go and have an ultrasound. And, um, we both felt like potentially this is the child, um, that we had seen. And yeah, she, she was lovely. And she asked us, okay, so do you know how far along you are and everything? I said, this is the date to the day that I'm guessing, but because I had a miscarriage and my body has been doing a few different things, I don't even know really officially how far along I am, but Callum, he's like, not this day exactly. You are this many weeks and this many days. That's my guess. Anyway, she's, you know, doing measurements and she's like, okay, so you are exactly this far along. And he was right to the day. Um, and were you and, were you nervous about it being multiples again? Yes. Because I very. totally get wanting to have ultrasound after <laughs> yeah. two sets of twins. And that's kind of why, like, outside of that, I'm not really phased about having ultrasounds, but it was that initial, like, please just tell us what's happening. I just sure. need clarity right now. Um, I mean, obviously yeah, so, you'd figure it out eventually, but I yeah. totally get that. <laughs> I just kind of needed that from the get-go. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it was having one boy we asked to know what we're having and I was 19 weeks by then she's like yeah looks like a boy and I just looked at Callum and we just had tears in our eyes and we're like it's Percy we know it's Percy so that was a really beautiful moment um a lot of healing there um and yeah so I went home and I'm just saying to Callum like I don't want to go back to my midwives I don't want to do that I don't want to have all these awkward encounters and this I don't want to feel like I have to please everybody else. It's me who I have to look after. And I feel like I'm doing things for other people. And he said to me again, we'll just do it on our own then. Right. And your births (laughs) have been so close to perfect if you had just been treated better. Exactly. Yeah. If I'd been just told to believe in myself, then I would. Which you can control with a free birth. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, we just kind of didn't do anything. I just kept going along. I didn't have any more appointments. I decided I wouldn't even – my midwives didn't even call me, so that was such a blessing. I didn't even feel the pressure to say to them, I do or I don't want to go with you. It was just this, like, 
just do what you want, Kiara. Like, what do you want to do? Um, so you didn't do any more prenatal care after that ultrasound? No, that was like literally the only thing that we did. Um, and Callum kept saying to me, like, let's do it on our own. And I just, yeah, still wasn't ready. So it was probably, I was probably heading towards my third trimester and I still was like, I still didn't know what to do. And he was like, that's it. So he just did a Google and just found all these stories of women who have had unassisted and free births. And he just read some to me and I was like, wow, that's amazing. Hmm. And it's like, see Kiara, you can do it. And he was just amazing. Like he was so sure and mm-hmm. he was so confident. And you and already said, did do it. Like the, your midwife yeah. was a nuisance. She didn't do anything that helped you. I mean, you yeah. pr- you had, you could have easily had Theo as a unassisted yeah, with your family. Definitely. definitely. And he kept saying that to me. It's like, you didn't need her last time. You did it on your own. And as, as, and while that was annoying because you paid a ton of money to have her there, yeah. it gave you the, it was like that in between to help you have the confidence that you could do it on your own because you have done it on your own. So I was like, okay. Um, but it was just really interesting because we still hadn't moved. We actually, at that point, were living with my family. So there's nine of us in a rather small house. Um, we all as a family still now are in one room. So there's six of us living in this quite just like double sized bedroom. And the thought of having a home birth and they're renting so they don't even own this house and um we just kind of feel like we're squatting in their home Mm -hmm. so I couldn't even believe like having a baby in that environment I was like surely (laughs) not like there's all these people around I'm gonna I'm gonna disrupt everything like you have work and you have school and everything and here I am like trying to have a baby like how is that gonna work um and there's not much space like there's a lot of people in a small house so I was like, where am I even going to have a baby if I have a baby here? So I was stressing more about that. Like, do we need to move? What are we going to do? Um, yeah, but I just, I decided I would embrace doing it on our own. And I came across Indie Birth um, and I started listening to her podcast. And she really, like, that just really challenged me. And I was like, this is so what I believe. Like, I I feel like I do need to question things. And I know it's more of a spiritual experience over a physical one. And I'm sick of having to please other people or, um, yeah, just uh, answer to people and not just take control myself. And... I knew at this point, like I, I just always felt like I, I'd see these women and they had this motherly instinct and they just embraced it and I hadn't yet. Like I was a mother of three, but I felt like I just hadn't really tapped into that yet because I was afraid. And I think a lot of it was me transitioning into motherhood so early in my life where I hadn't expected it. And I was still kind of like keeping that at arm's length and the idea of having this really intimate um experience where I had to fully embrace my womanhood and my motherhood mm-hmm. it intimidated me totally like am I ready for that you know well and um, it makes you know going back to what you said a minute ago about it being a spiritual experience more than a physical experience I feel like maybe that's actually a choice you know yeah. a lot of people 
I don't think experience birth as a spiritual experience, you know, and it's very much like, let's just do it. Let's just get it done. And it's, it's not like this big event necessarily, um, particularly, you know, a hospitalized, like the classic scheduled C-section or induction or whatever. And it sounds like, you know, and it has been for me as well, like part of settling into this free birth concept. And like you said, with the podcast and being challenged and really kind of doing the work on it is you can make a choice to step out of that and say, this is a spiritual experience. I'm going to treat it like one. And then there's like, you open that door and there's so many new things to sit with and deal with and, you know, pray on and learn and learn about yourself and your family. And yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, having all these options all of a sudden and actually being the one to make those decisions. Um, So it really challenged me on my faith because Callum said to me, he's like, we have this faith that we base our entire lives off. Why would we go about this any different? You know, we believe that we are created for this and, um, you know, that God can do anything that we trust him with our life and we have faith in him in all things that anything is possible. Why would we do this any different? Like we all of a sudden when it comes to something so important, it's just like, Oh no, we trust in the doctor or we trust in this above God. And that really challenged me because, you know, I didn't have any support. As soon as I started talking about this with Christian friends, they just treated me like I was being irresponsible. It was too out there for them. And I really challenged them, like, come on, like you say God is the center of your life. He's the Lord of your life. Yet you don't like, here I am saying, okay, please lead me into this. And that's too like, like that's too out there for you. Mm -hmm. So it really challenged me to live what I was, you know, speaking out like, come on, are you actually going to let this happen? Are you actually going to trust um, trust in, you know, what you've always believed in? It's so funny because it's so, it may, it comes up around a judgment that I've had in the past around like yogis, you know, and they're, yeah. they're doing all this yoga and meditation and it's all about self-knowledge and self-empowerment and, you know, like really claiming yourself and being in your yeah. own power and connecting to God and the universe and feeling connected to source. And then they all just go birth at a hospital. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like wait, it's hold on. <laughs> exactly. Like it's two separate yeah. things. Yeah. And I really believe that um, it's, it's such a struggle because it's so important, you know, like it's the next generation, it's your legacy. It's, uh, it's like a blood covenant that you're making when you give birth, when you conceive, when you give birth, it is a very important moment. And, you know, God wants to empower women and just get back to the heart of it. And I know that, you know, I believe that there is an enemy and I believe that, um, he wants to steal that from me. And I feel that I know it's happened. You know, I feel like when I get protective and every time I'd speak to the doctors, I was just like, I break those curses of, I break that negativity. I break those things because I see it when you speak words out, I believe it builds something. 
Um, and it can either build something negative or something positive. So, you know, if someone walks into my space and they say something that I don't agree with, what do I do with that? Do I shut that down? Do I get that out? Or do I take that on board? And that was a decision I had to make. I had to be like, no, I am. What am I standing for here? Um, and I'm going to be strong. So I stopped talking to people. Um, I knew that I had to make a safe place and I had to protect this, this, this challenge and this, um, you know, mandate that I had, that this was something that was going to break some curses over my life and other people's lives to empower them to step out in faith and to trust in their, you know, perfect creation that God created women to do this, that we are intricately and beautifully made and that our bodies work perfectly. And, um, this is what we are destined to do and to not be afraid of that, to not doubt that, because if you're doubting that you're doubting, you know, God. And that's a, to me, that's a really big deal to doubt that. So, so how did um, you, how did you contend with the possibility of, death or something serious, you know, going awry. How yeah, did that, that was probably one of the most beautiful things for me is that I'm not afraid of death. See, because I believe in Jesus and I believe he rose from the dead. I don't know if you know much of like Christian beliefs in the story, but, um, you know, he came and he died so that I could be free and I could live my life not being weighed down by, by the mistakes that I've made or things that I've, I struggle with. It's that God wants, he has a purpose for my life and, um, I'm meant to be here and, um, I have a calling and I have something to bring to the world and death is not the end of it. That, I do believe in heaven and it's not the end when you die. Um, that's what I believe. And so that really challenged me. Like, do you believe that? Do you believe that this, there's a greater purpose than just living here on earth and that there is life after death? Um, so I all of a sudden had no fear of death because I knew, you know, it wasn't the end. And, um, obviously still the complications and the, all the things that were in my mind, like what if happened, like my husband just constantly challenged me and he said, we will not do anything by fear. So we, we declared that and we decided that we would not make any single decision based off fear. We were basing all our decisions off faith. Mm -hmm. So if it was a, we were asked a question and then we said, but that's a fear driven question. Mm -hmm. We just, we just shut it down. We we're like, no, we're not thinking like that. So a lot of people would say to me, what if this happens? And Callum would say, like, he was always there to back me up and he would say, but that's expecting the worst. And everyone goes into pregnancy and birth, like preparing for the worst. And we are not doing that. We are preparing for the best. And if the worst happens, we take that when it comes. Right. That That's where I think it's like that next step where it's one thing, I think, to trust that 
everything's going to go perfectly. And then it's a whole nother thing to trust that whatever happens is God's plan, you know, and, and that, you know, we talked about this before we started recording that, you know, I have a different, um, language around this stuff, but I, I, one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you and around your faith, you know, and, and your choices in free birth is I love how similar our experiences yeah. are, even though I don't use those words, Christ is yeah. not a part of my life or, you know, or my, my spirituality or, you know, nor is Christianity, but I, I love just how much we're, we're really saying and feeling the same thing. And a lot yeah. of women that I've interviewed, um, either from different faiths or just spiritual or feeling, you know, connected to source or whatever words, you know, we could all put in that are very ultimately beautifully similar in this willingness and connectivity, you know, to sit in this space to say, I am willing to let go and let God, you know, and I am willing to do this and what will be, will be. And that doesn't mean that you know, there's no, I don't think no one I have interviewed yet has an ignorance of it'll go perfect. Nobody has yeah. said that to me. Nobody has said that, you know, but lots of people has, have said like you are and like I feel of I'm really willing to just trust and I'm planning for it to go healthy and normal. Yeah. And, you know, that's where our compass is pointed towards. And yeah. if something else, you know, becomes available, then we're going to deal with it and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. And I believe that we're all body, soul, and spirit. And, you know, our soul is our emotions and how we feel. And our spirit is that thing that is connected to God. And we so often allow our emotions and our soul to get in the way of that divine knowledge and wisdom that is right there, like available to all of us. We just shut it out. And so I decided, you know, I would go into it believing I was going to listen to my spirit, not my soul. I would. Well, and there's lots of women or people, there's lots of people who do not agree, you know, like who yeah. just straight yeah. up, like one of my best, best friends in the whole world is diehard atheist, you know, and yeah. she, she does not believe in spirits or energy or souls or any of this stuff, you know, so yeah. we, I can't get very far with her (laughs) because it's all brain, it's all cerebral and it's all science and it's all, um, it's, it's a, it's just one certain operating system, you know, whereas for me, there's a lot more creativity there and, and and this element of trust, really deeply comes from a space of feeling and feeling a connectivity to a greater source of energy how yeah. we comp- how we you know what compartment we put that in has uh, as we know mass variety um yeah. but but that is kind of the fundamental you know connecting piece with a lot i mean i don't think i've i haven't interviewed anybody or met anybody who's free birth that's full on atheist <laughs> that would be interesting yeah. if someone's out there hearing that. hearing this please contact me <laughs> because it does yeah. seem so fundamental to these choices to say yeah. because of my trust I have the courage to opt out of this medicalized system. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, so I guess... So tell me about the birth. Well, um, I, I, it was probably like 
two weeks out, I was feeling great. I was like, yep, I have embraced this. This is happening. Um, but what I had done about a month before, it was really interesting because I had to be so in touch with myself. You know, I had to, I spoke to God constantly and I said, the Holy Spirit, show me how everything's going because I had no one telling me anything. I didn't have a doctor saying, you're doing great. Wonderful. You know, it can sometimes be as simple as that, like having, oh, well, they told me everything's going well, so I'm going well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have that. so no, I was you, like, you have to validate yourself. I have to do this. And um, so I got my husband involved and I was constantly getting him to do belly mapping. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still struggled. I still had those moments where I was like, is everything okay? Of course. And then I'll stop myself and be like, yeah, it is. And I would know if it wasn't. Um, so probably a month, maybe even a little bit more, I didn't leave the house. I was like, (laughs) I became a hermit and I let myself, I embraced it so much. I was like, I'm not going to do the normal. I'm not going to go out and be busy. I'm not going to have these expectations to go and see people or, um, tell people what's happening. I am going to be here and I'm prioritizing myself and my family. Um, and I'm going to go about it from now until afterwards and however long it takes for me to be ready to enter back into the world. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, I took every opportunity to just have alone time and I, I would just listen to podcasts when I had doubts. I would just go, I would say, God, just lead me to the right information. That's going to bring me encouragement. And I would feel prompted to go on like a website or listen to a podcast or go on Instagram or something. And it would just bring an immediate source of comfort to mm-hmm. me. Oh yeah. Every, every doubt I had, there was something to counteract that in those moments. And I just thank God so much that, yeah, he knew me and he was there for me. And, um, I grew in my understanding. That was the most empowering thing. I actually starting to learn about, like I knew about birth, I'd experienced birth, but I hadn't, I didn't know about it. I didn't truly have this wisdom that I just, it was mine that I gained myself. And I had that, this internal, it was just that natural, it was ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how to do it and it makes sense to me. I, I was finally embracing that. And um, yeah, so in the weeks leading up to it, I was positive that I wouldn't go very far. Um, I kind of knew that. And um, I just prepared my stuff. Like it was so uneventful, you know. I just had a few supplies here and there and I didn't make it too complicated. Like people would say like, oh, well, what do you have to get ready for it? And I was like, what do you mean? Like it's it's just having a baby. Like I just need somewhere to do it ultimately. Um and it was interesting because every time I'd pray about it, every time I would think about it, I would see our bathroom and I had planned on not having a water birth or anything like that uh, just because, like, I know a lot of people who have home births, they get the pool and we just didn't have the space for it and I just, I didn't know how we were going to make that work here. Um, so we originally had decided to do that but then we decided not to because my husband was trying to get organized. I was like, you know what, let's just not worry about a water birth we'll just do it in our room and we'll just do it like that. Um, so, but it was funny because every time I imagined giving birth, I had the picture 
of our bathroom. And I was like, well, that's weird. I'm not going to do it in there. There's not enough space. I'm not going to have a water birth. I'm going to do it in our room. Um, but, yeah, so it was probably a week I was getting irritable and I could tell it was going to happen soon. And I would go to bed every night and I would feel these, you know, I would feel cramping and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I would get up in the morning and it would go. So it was Tuesday night. I had people praying for me and one lady in particular felt really, she felt to pray that I would get everything I wanted, that, yeah, that I would have all the desires of my heart pretty well um, in regards to labor and birth. Um, So, you know, I took that. Anyway, I, the night before, it was like, I I wanted some food. So my husband and I, we just kind of like took a moment, you know, the last kind of like moment we could alone. So we just went for a drive, grabbed some food, came home. And I was like, I'm just really sensitive to light right now. So I think I just need to be in a dark room. So he went on, like after dinner, he just went and did his own thing. And I went and had a bath. So I just put worship music on and I just had, um, yeah, really long, like probably an hour, two hours. I think I might've just fallen asleep in the bath and I could just, I just felt myself just relaxing and be like, okay, just stop and just let this happen. Um, so went to bed that night feeling like fairly consistent cramping. Um, and I was quite restless all throughout the night. I woke up at about six o'clock in the morning and same thing. So I was like, okay, cool. It's continued. And, um, kids all came in bed with me and they had a big cuddle and, um, it, it kept happening. So I was like, okay, got up, got the kids breakfast And I just, I knew, I was like, I'm going to have a baby today. I'm going to go back to bed. (laughs) So I live with, like, at at that time, my mum and my two younger sisters um, who live here, they were on holidays from school and work. So I sat the kids at the table, got them breakfast, and I just walked out. I didn't even tell my mum. She just had to, like, oh, wait, I'm looking after the kids now. I just came back to bed. I put my phone in another room, and I just slept. So I slept until about 11 o'clock. And, yep, got up and I was feeling quite good. I was like, yep, it's still happening. Like normally I would get up in the morning like the last few days and it would stop. As soon as I kind of like got into my day and I was busy with the kids and stuff, I could tell that my body was like, oh, you're not ready yet. Like you're busy. Just, okay, it's not happening yet. So this day I was like, no, it's going to happen today. I'm going to tell my body. I'm going to let this baby know that I am ready. So, yeah, I went, went to bed, had a sleep, had some good rest, um, And then about midday, I was thinking, I should probably call my husband to come home. Um, But I I knew that as soon as I called him, everyone at work, he's a barista, so he makes coffee. Um, I'm like, oh, like all the customers and all the staff who are anticipating this to happen, they're going to know because his phone's going to go off really loud and then there's going to be that expectation. And I still had my reservations if it was going to happen just because everyone does. Like, is it? Is it not? I don't know. Um, but I called him and it's just like, yes, what's up? I was like, well, I think you should probably come home a little bit early today. He was meant to be coming home around five o'clock. Um, and he was like, well, turns out I got the wrong shift and I'm meant to be finishing early today anyway. I was like, oh, great. That's convenient. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, he came home about one thirty, and I was, I was just kind of in the room, in our room. I was actually taking photos of my birth supplies because for some reason I thought, you know what, if I do this again, I'll probably want to know what I had and what was useful to me and what wasn't. So I just 
took a few photos of the room because I thought, oh, just, you know, I love taking photos. I'll take some photos of the space and, yeah, what, what we're using. And I had my essential oils going and had my music on and, yeah, just doing that. And then I decided, oh, I'll sit down. So I sat on my birth ball and I sat at my computer and I took all the photos off my camera and I made sure it was charged and I just organized things a bit and um, it definitely started getting a lot more intense. Um, by the time my husband got home and the kids were amazing. Like I have three very energetic young children and they were just so peaceful and they just hmm. left me to it. There was just, it was an amazing atmosphere in the house. Um, and it just, yeah, it was so straightforward and easy. And I think they might've gone to the park at one point. I don't really remember, but yeah, my husband came home and I was like, okay, what do you want to do? You know? So he just helped me prepare and he kind of just left me alone. I'm usually like, I like being alone. Um, so I think I might've sent him out to go buy something. And around four o'clock, my mum walked in and she was getting impatient. She was like, I'm ready for you to have this baby. Um, and she's like, what time would you like to have this baby? And I was like, you know what? 7.30. But all right, we believe in you having this baby at 7.30. It's just like, and that's a little while. Like, that's still a while away. You don't want to have this baby quicker. And I was like, oh, 7.30. So, <laughs> like, okay. Um, so, yeah, I just I, – I spent a lot of time walking. He didn't want me to sit still, that's for sure. Like, I've – previous, you know, experiences, I always felt like I had to stop and I would sit down or I'd lie down or I would, you know, lean and I would have to stop to breathe through my contractions and stuff. But this time – I couldn't stop. I had to pace the whole time. Like as soon as I would stop, it was too hard to handle. And I was just pacing up and down a room, up and down a room. And I was just declaring that everything was going perfectly and he was well and just thanking God for such an incredible experience. And um, about uh, 6.30, um, my husband, he was like, I said to him, I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. Um, you know, you get really like, peckish or whatever I feel like I get hungry before sure. it gets really intense um so I sent him out and he while he was out I probably about half an hour later I went into my mom and I was like the kids need to go to bed right now she's like oh okay <laughs> so um tucked the girls into bed they actually slept in my parents bed because I was in our room um and Theo he was really quite upset because usually he has hugs like he will have a cuddle to sleep every time so I was like oh I don't know how he'll go and he was quite upset so I told them bring him in to me and I was sitting on our bed and I was just leaning on my birth ball and he just came up and he sat on my lap and had a cuddle and then he lay down on the birth ball like in front of me and I just like rocked him to sleep and that was like a really beautiful moment for about 20 minutes hmm. I just spent with him and I kind of just I wanted to to just kind of have that time with him while he was just the youngest at that point. Yeah. And it was really beautiful and he just fell asleep and then and I'm having contractions during this time and I'm having to like make sure he doesn't fall off the ball and I'm just breathing through it. And then my mum came in and took him and at that point it was getting really intense and Callum still wasn't home. So it'd been about 40 minutes, him not being around. And I was like, he's, he's got to get home soon. So I said, God, I am not having any more contractions until Callum is home. I cannot do it. 
So I sat on the end of the, I kept sitting on the end of bed and I did not have a contraction at all for 15 minutes. And then I heard him open the door and I felt a pop. Oh my God. And the moment he stepped foot in the house, my waters broke. And I got up, <laughs> you know, I'm like worried about it going everywhere and I'm standing on carpet. So I walked over to the other side of the room to grab a, like a blue pad to put down on the ground. And I stood on that. So I didn't get any mess and I stood on it and just went everywhere. And then he opened the door and I was like, we're ready to do this. Oh my, my God. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, okay. So, um, I was like, well, I, I guess I have to have a shower or something because I'm, I'm just saturated now. So, and I wanted to go to the bathroom. I was like, I need to go to the toilet. And it's just like, sure. It's like baby. I was like, no, this is, I need to go to the toilet. I have a bowel movement for sure. Um, he's like, okay. So we made our way through the house. I had to stop about two times on the way to the bathroom. Um, and it was getting really hard and I was, I was starting to get really agitated and quite painful. So I went to the toilet and I had a pad on because I had had a show that afternoon and it was green. So I had meconium in my waters, which had never happened before. I had only ever had clear waters before and I kind of sat there and I was like, okay, all right, how do you feel about that? And I was like, no, everything is fine. There is nothing to be alarmed about. The baby is fine. You don't have to worry um, just because this is something that would normally alarm anybody else. So I felt peace. Um, so then I was like, okay, so I went to the toilet and then, um, I made my way into the bathroom and I just hopped in the bath. Like I was just really, really feeling it at that point. And Callum just turned the water on and he just poured water over my back and I was kneeling. And then I just started shaking just uncontrollably. Um, and I lay back and I just got him to fill the bath up a little bit more. And I was just beside myself, like, I was in transition and I didn't even realize it. Um, I was like, I don't know how long I can do this. And I was getting really emotional and I was, I'd never been vocal before. And I was just like groaning and crying and just so emotional. (laughs) And it was so freeing just to be that way. Like I had been so self-conscious in the hospital and with other people. And it was just me and my husband doing this together. And I was just, I did what I wanted. I wasn't scared about just being myself and letting it rip. And I just had no care in the world. And my poor, my two younger sisters who are 16 and 14, they were in the other room hearing this and they're like, Oh my gosh, is she okay? Um, but yeah, I was just on the side of the bath and I'm like, God, just help me through this. Like, I just want the pain to go because I had quite bad back pain, which I was quite mad about. I was like, I didn't want back pain. I had back pain with the twins and it was horrible. I didn't want back pain this time. It was like, it's a sacrifice you're making. This is such a beautiful thing. You know, you are you are putting your life on the line for your child and it is okay to feel pain right now. And I just embraced it and I was like, fine. Um, so... Yeah, I just, I was kind of like holding onto the bath, lying on my left side. And I was, yeah, I was just kind of getting worried that this was going to last a while because it had been such an uneventful day and it only really started getting intense just then. And 
I was just looking at my husband and he's, you know, just looking at me like, you're doing so well, you're amazing. He's got tears in his eyes and um, hmm. and I wasn't really saying anything apart from this hurts, this hurts, like this sucks, I'm in pain. And he's just like, you're doing amazing. And he was so unfazed, like he nothing shook him. He wasn't like, oh, he wasn't worried or anything like that. And then I just, I felt like I just, God was like, just let go. You know, just let go, just embrace it. So I was like, fine. And I just rolled over and I delivered his head. Like hmm. he just came. Like I didn't push, nothing like that. I just rolled over onto my back and it just happened. And I immediately, it was this biggest smile on my face. Like I delivered his head and then I just waited and we just sat there peacefully. And I just looked at Kel and I was like, oh my gosh. Because, like, he's not properly just, like, born yet, but I knew that the hardest part was over. So I was just ecstatic. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, um, I just let Callum catch him. So I just was like, I, like, I, I turned to Callum a moment before. And I was like, we're going to have the baby right here. We're going to have a water birth, like, get ready kind of thing. And I didn't even say anything after that. I just rolled over and he just had to be ready. Um, so, yeah, just another push and he was born and Callum caught him and he put him up on my chest and it was just so peaceful and mm. just so like that was it like half an hour ago I was in there and now I'm in here and now we have a baby you know <laughs> it was so straightforward and um yeah so like we had the like fluoro light on it was not a lovely atmosphere so he's like okay like turn around he got me up the other end of the bath and refilled the bath so it was nice and warm and put some candles on and turned the light off and um my mum came in and um my mum and my two sisters had been in the other room and they'd been praying for us and they heard him cry because he's like just started crying immediately and it was very loud and they were like oh my gosh he's been born and that was so it was so beautiful having them like they weren't there but they were they were a part of it and, you know, they're young. And I just really hope that this experience has helped them prepare one day for oh, sure. their own experiences and that it wasn't fearful for them, that they were able to just be really blessed by that. Um, so, yeah, they came in. They just quickly said hi. And um, I wiped his face because obviously he was covered in meconium and everything and he was fine. Like I felt really good about how he was doing, but he was very, like he was crying a lot. I'd never had, none of the other babies had cried so much when they were born. So I was like, I felt concerned, like, is he okay? And obviously I didn't have anyone else telling me that. So I just, I had to talk myself through that and I had to really trust that I knew what to do. So I just wiped his face clean um, just to make sure he didn't have any in his eyes and stuff. And um, I saw that there was some blood clots in the water and I was like, oh, okay, what's that about? Because I'd never had that before either. Um, but Callum left the room and, like, he came in, he took a photo and then he was so excited to, like, weigh him and measure and him and everything. So he had gone in our room and he was getting everything ready. Um, and I sat with Percy for about half an hour, just me and him on our own, um, just having skin to skin and I just got to rest. I just sat there and was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and it was, so I had him at 
727. So I had said I want him at 7.30 and I had him exactly <laughs> 727. Um and yeah, so we sat there for a while and at eight o'clock I the placenta I delivered the placenta. Um and about two minutes later he latched on and he started feeding. Um no actually it was the other way around. He started feeding and then about two minutes later the placenta was delivered. Um but it had like torn open. So it like just came out in like not it came out kind of like one piece but it wasn't attached so it wasn't all in one and I immediately was like oh no like what do I do about this and all these concerns rushed into my mind like I've only had such like perfect straightforward you know deliveries up until now what am I doing with this like should I be concerned and it really like plagued my mind like what if there's some still there and all those questions that I had, um, but I just, sorry, my husband's back with Percy and he's crying. I might have to feed him. It's okay. Um, yeah, but I felt peace. I was like, you know what? It's okay. Um, your body knows what to do. Your body is intelligent. You know, you, you can have faith that everything's fine. Is, so did the whole placenta come out though? It was definitely like all of it. Um, I still had like some clotting, like blood clots coming for a few days and then that stopped. Um, so I checked the placenta and I could tell that, you know, the cord was fine and yeah, I guess I'd never really seen it and and known what to expect or how to prepare for that. Uh Um, so part of me was unsure because I knew what to look for and how to check one, but then all of a sudden it was just in pieces. It had torn open, so it was almost like it. Was, like by the time I was looking at it, it was like inside out, all over the place. So I was like, I, it's no way of knowing, and it was really big too. Um, so I was nervous, and I thought, well, maybe I'll have to go and get checked. Um, and my husband's like, if we do, that's fine. Like we'll just we'll we'll do that if if that's something you feel. But we just you know left it for then. I felt positive, and I felt we could just see how it was going and I wasn't bleeding really heavily or anything like that there was no hemorrhaging and I was feeling good I was feeling a little lightheaded maybe two hours afterwards but um yeah I I didn't feel sick or anything like that so after like two hours of just sitting with him and just mulling over you know the whole process we we then got out and I had a shower and my husband, he had skin to skin with him. So it was like 10 o'clock by then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we just dedicated him, um, which pretty much is us just saying to God, like, thank you for our son. And we just want to just put him in your hands and just, you know, praise you for what a wonderful um, experience this has been. Um, so that was awesome. Um, just having that time as a family, uh, just to celebrate that and not have any, you know, any intervention there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Elsie, my eldest daughter, she woke up and she came in and she met him. And then about 15 minutes later, uh, Theo, he woke up and he came in and met him. And then another 10 minutes later, Milo woke up and came in and hmm. met him. So it was this like beautiful, like, um, beautiful procession 
yeah, I introduced them all and just kind of like, this is our family now. And like when I had put them to bed, I said to them, when you wake up, you're going to have another baby brother. And they were just so excited. And yeah, it was, it was really surreal. It was amazing because with Theo, you know, I was in hospital for only like five hours after I had him. I went home straight away, but they were staying with Callum's parents. So they only kind of came in and out like that first week, only a few times. So it was definitely a much harder transition with Theo, but with Percy, like everyone was a part of the whole experience and it was just amazing. So yeah, we just, I got to have cuddles with all of them and um, I was up to like midnight. I was probably the last one awake and we all just went to bed, all of us, you know, we now one room and it was amazing. And then for the next three weeks, I really kind of stayed home and I embraced all my time with Percy. I didn't have any visitors. I think I might have had, or well, we had Calm's parents come over after a few days. Um, but yeah, we really just created that safe space, continued that on. And I didn't rush off to go to the hospital to get checked or anything like that. I was feeling good. And yeah, it was just so different compared to what I'd had and I made sure I didn't feel any expectation to have visitors and no I just prioritized my own needs and I rested and I I had the most amazing um time those those first three weeks Mm. and I I immediately just felt such a closer connection with him that Uh I listened to him and I'd listen to myself and you know he would cry and I knew what it was like I knew if he needed an nappy change I knew if he was in pain I knew if he wanted to feed I'd never had that closeness Uh. so fast I just we knew each other and we had this incredible connection and yeah it was just really life-changing and so empowering just knowing like I know this and I should never have doubted myself before yeah Beautiful. Wow, what a journey. Yeah. So hmm. I have asked my husband, you know, would you do it again? He's like, yeah, yeah, we would do it that way again. So I feel really good. Like I, I did have concerns about my health afterwards, like not knowing if I would have to go and get checked to see if there was any placenta left and things like that. But I stopped bleeding at the right time. I haven't had any pain and all those things. So I just felt like no. I'm good. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Beautiful. I could totally picture the whole thing. <laughs> That's awesome. You really could. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. What an inspiring story. And oh, it's just so beautiful. Such a wild ride. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to share this. Yeah, it's fun to kind of go back through them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right, girlfriend. Thank you so much. It was lovely to connect with you today. Thank you. You too. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.